You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Hello, welcome to Garibaldi Red. As we reflect on a wonderful day for Nottingham Forest, a 2-1 win against Derby County, which takes them up to 8th in the Championship, 4 points off the playoffs, with a couple of tasty-looking games to come, which we'll touch on later. But let's look back on a brilliant weekend. We're joined, first of all, in the company of Reds, former Reds midfielder and Sky Sports presenter David Prutton. Hello, Prutz. How are we? Wonderful. Very well. Good. Nice weekend. Good. And uh, <laughs> our second guest this week is Forza Garibaldi co-founder and big Reds fan, Greg Mitchell. Hello, Greg. How tired are you after the weekend? Recovering. Recovering. <laughs> the headache's still there, but hopefully <laughs> a few more hours will be all right. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll shower praise on Forrest, but let's shower some praise on you for the wonderful display across the trend end which you had uh, a small hand in a big hand in i don't know but you were part of it um let's make it a semi-relevant question not just blow smoke up your ass steve cooper um <laughs> steve cooper name checks forza garibaldi at the end and uh, had a photo with you guys before the banner went up that, that makes it all worthwhile the weekend all that hard work for you guys yeah absolutely and i must say yeah i did have a small hand this time it was uh there's some guys that just did an unbelievable job way back since December, designing it all, getting it all ready. It's been tough because obviously there's been so many restrictions, just getting access to the club itself. And we've got to shout out like a big thanks to the club for letting us do it because it hasn't been the easiest. Um, but yeah, we did notice last week, like the guy at the club who we speak to quite a lot kept mentioning Steve and how interested he is. And he really was taking a note of what was going on. And his attention to detail, you could see it mattered to him. Uh, so on Friday when the lads were down there, I'm sure you've seen the photo now, he made a beeline for him and made sure he had a good chat with them. I think they sat there for 10 minutes talking away to him. So it is good. It's like such a good feeling at the minute, isn't it? But with the displays, they're only ever good if we win. <laughs> um, well, Greg's pause there. Forrest did there. Brilliant. Um Prutz, talk about the atmosphere of the day then. Obviously, the, the display helps, but it was a special day from a Forest point of view, wasn't it? It was amazing. It was amazing. And it, it's it's something that I think if you've had the pleasure and the honour of experiencing that, you, you always know it's there, don't you? I don't know whether if we had casual observers watching at the weekend and turning, turning on and going, I mean, looking at, like, there wasn't a free seat from what I could see. Um the noise levels ebbed and flowed with the rhythm of the game and, and it, it, it made the whole soundtrack and the experience of it itself just phenomenal, really. And as Greg went looking out, because there was a great shot, because obviously where, where we were sat in the corner in that kind of makeshift studio, but we see what's getting put out uh, on the TV and that shot just before kickoff of the trend end with that display up just looked absolutely magnificent, absolutely magnificent. It, it did make me... Um, um, chuckle kind of because then I saw it seemed to be just one fella at this uh, on our side getting it all back in. <laughs> so he spent the first <laughs> 10 minutes of the game running back. Can you give me that flag here? Can you give me the other flag here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if they score a goal in the first minute, he'll be facing the trend send as the goal goes into the other end. But um, it was it was fantastic. And it, we've we've done those games so many times, and, and the, the Leeds game stands out as well from a couple of seasons ago, which was a, a phenomenal um, atmosphere. And uh, if whoever's watching this, listening to this, we're, t- we're, we're talking about things that you already know, aren't we? That, that Nottingham Forest is a very heavily followed football club that generates a lot of noise. 
And I think, as as Greg was saying, I, I don't think Steve does any of that type of stuff to pay lip service to it. He genuinely loves being manager of Nottingham Forest. He genuinely loves what it stands for, what uh, the history is, and takes pride in that fact. And, and it isn't isn't cowed by it, is it? You, you know what I mean? That some managers have come in and, and maybe had a bit of an, an arm's, arm's length away from that kind of history and the heritage, but he's embraced all of it and, and so far, so good. What do you make of the game itself, Prot? So, uh, Forest deserved to win, didn't they? They did. They did. I, I thought, um, we'll come on to the details very shortly, but I think over the course of the piece, yes, I, I think they did deserve to win. I was surprised really about how Derby went about it. There was a huge opportunity for them falling to the feet of a player that for them you'd, you'd want him to be in that position, Tom Lawrence. Um, didn't didn't come off, of course. But then there was a formational change from Steve halfway through the first half, which seemed to not wrestle the initiative back, but it just seemed to, they both kind of cancelled each other out. You get to half time, second half's a different matter entirely. But I think over the course of it, they they did deserve to win because of how they managed the expectation, the, the noise levels of the crowd, the form that Derby had come to it, all the emotional side of what's going on at Derby County, which I've seen some great quotes from Forest fans, ardent Forest fans across the board. And I think the general consensus is we absolutely hate Derby County, but we want to be able to hate them twice a season in the flesh in the set in you know what I mean in the footballing pyramid um so that's that's where that kind of falls into it but yeah I think I think over the course of it and Wayne Rooney said as much after the game you know what I mean it was maybe a couple of key decisions that he wasn't too happy with but I think over the course of it you couldn't begrudge Forrest uh, taking all three points um I said to you like on WhatsApp last night Greg I f- came to find the post-match stuff and a bits of the build-up a bit tedious in the kind of the way Forest fans were just constantly saying they want Derby to go out of business and all that stuff. And I just got a bit fed up with it. Uh, I don't know where I'm going with this. I know I like, I work with a Derby fan. He was a good lad. And I, one of my best mates, is a Derby fan. And I kind of think, you know, football clubs mean so much to people. I wouldn't want to see them go bust. I want them to go down and I want them to suffer the three miserable years that Forest had in league one and maybe a few more, maybe go down to league two as well. What's what's well, I'm putting you on the spot here. Where do you well, stand that's, on that? That's part and part, sorry to put him up, but that's part and parcel of what the rivalry is. The rivalry mm. isn't about seeing one turn to dust and never seeing it again. And, and as we've we've spoken many a time on here with Greg, and, and I'm not just you started off by blowing smoke up his ass. I'll do a bit more now. I mean, he always gives a very balanced perspective, and that, I'm not saying that's 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 um, that there's only one way to go about being a fan, but I, I can't as much as. Like I said, Greg, and then you can answer for yourself now. You're an Ardent Forest fan. There's absolutely no way you'd want to see, you know what I mean, Derby County gone bust across Pride Park and that's them done and dusted at all, would you? We, no. Nearly killed me there. I think yes. Greg's a really nice lad. <laughs> <laughs> There's two things, really. It's like the boxing, like Lee Wood's coming up to a big fight. They trash each other, they trash each other. Now it's over and we got the result that we all thought we were going to get. You walk away thinking that was like game of the season for us, and game in many years. It was my nephew's first game; he's five or oh, first derby game. Oh, it was he amazing. Got, hit, got hit by a blow up sheep in the face. He got he saw a fight on the pitch right there. He was buzzing he, yesterday. Facetime and was talking about it, and I thought, <laughs> yeah, we have had so many of these derbies over the past ten years, and they had got a bit tedious, and it might do us good for us to get in the Prem for a few years, them to struggle down the bottom. But 
Yeah, we, we can't let him go bust. And the main thing is, and no Forest fan anywhere can argue with this, if they go bust, don't we lose the points we've got against them? So that could be a ma- that could be a massive four points. Mm-hmm. Huge, and there's not no, many other teams, that. not many other teams in the top six have got good points off them this season. So yeah, I hope they survive. I hope they struggle. <laughs> I hope they have more point deductions. And uh, yeah, that's it really. But yeah. we don't want to lose it forever. We can't do because nobody wants Leicester as arrivals because they're just a bit annoying, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, I do think that's where I'm at personally. I mean, it's kind of like enjoy the success of your football club because you know Forest haven't had it for ages, and in, in, enjoy the struggles of Derby. But don't, I, I don't revel in it particularly. But that's just where I'm at personally. Let's talk about the game in a bit more detail. Um, you mentioned the start there. How much credit do we have to give Cooper then? for that change after 20 minutes uh, in your career not too many managers would have made such a, a big change would they uh, it's it is testament to him because I mean it wasn't it wasn't backs to the war by any stretch of the imagination but it was a dominant um, opening portion of the game from 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 Darby and as I said the best chance of the first half was was the one that fell to Tom Lawrence um, and it just it needed that the tweet to be able to wrestle back and again, it's not the initiative, but kind of stem the tide, which is exactly what he did. And I think the mobility and the um, it, it just goes to show how well coached he has. Well, when you when you you move Ryan around, and obviously he's slotted back into a position that he's familiar with, and and really shored up that central part of the pitch, goes to show that it's not only the manager that can think on his feet, but if he's not worked on that in training, if he's just chucking out a formation to players that cannot run and go, oh, hang on, so what are we doing now? Um, then it doesn't work. But he's got confidence in the way that he's got his players um, and the way that he's educating them. In, in uh, and that's not to say they've not been trained properly before, but in the ways that Steve wants the team to play in the different ways they can adapt. That's exactly how it showed it. And, it, and it, I tell you the other thing as well, it shows a bit of humility to think that um, we have to change it now. A, a stubborn manager might have left it till half-time and then changed it at half-time, but... One such as Steve has, has seen the problem in real time, solved it in real time, giving himself a bit of breathing space, going into the 15 minutes at half time, which uh, there was a, a transformation of sorts, I thought, from Forrest when they came out in the second period. How good were Yates and Garner and um, Colback as well, Prots, after that change? That, um, sorry, oh. Greg, or Prots. I, don't, well, I feel no, like no, no, Greg, Greg on, mate. Go, I'll take it's, Greg's lead on this. Yeah, I did notice the crowd had gone flat. You know, 15 minutes in, Derby had had the big chance. There was that nervous, weird rumble going around the ground. Um, Moving Yates up, freed up Garner into like a natural number 10 position. It just completely changed the half. We went into half-time like buoyant and ready to go for the second half because you know this team, if it struggles for a period, it comes out the second half just completely different. And I think everyone went in at half-time Worried about Samba for obvious reasons, but thinking, right, we're ready to go for him now. And we, and we did, and we came out. I noticed everyone's back in the seats early, which is unlike Forest fans, we're usually still trying to grab a pint. And it was ready, everyone was ready, and off they went, and they did it straight away. And we, you know, never looked back, really. So, yeah, perfect from Cooper again. Garner and Yates did the job. Colback was superb. Every one of them did something that game, and it was just brilliant. Um, Greg says, uh, different Greg, Greg Oram, uh, watching on Facebook, says, Garn had his best game in a Forest shirt. 
I don't know if that's true. He certainly played very well. He seems to have found his form again. What, what did you say about the midfield, Prots? I thought, as, as Greg says there, as, as both Gregs are talking, um, I think you've got players there, particularly in Colback and Garner, that, have, that can receive the ball in, in tight areas, that can look after the ball. I think Ryan brings a portion of that, but also the, the dynamism to get about the pitch. He, he, to me, looks like he's grown in confidence. He's a player that we mentioned a couple of times on here with regards to when things aren't going so well. He's been a relatively easy target to... Um, lay frustration on which having met him spoke I mean you couldn't meet a nicer kid it's he, he loves playing for Forest loves what his role in the team is loves the fact that your manager's asking him to do several different things and, and really reveling in that and um I think that type of game fits him perfectly because it, it's a it's a balancing act isn't it between what you can actually do from a football perspective but what you can do emotionally and mentally and and really uh, Kind of as, as again as Greg's saying here, understand that the, t- the crowd may get frustrated at times, and it did go a little bit quiet because there was that kind of tension in the air, thinking this could go either way. But then they looked very solid after that change. Uh, and as you say, you push Garner on, and I think he's a fantastic footballer, fantastic footballer. And again, another another lad that I was chatting to after the game, who is just really enjoying playing for Forest and, and what it means to play in in the middle of the pitch for them. So I think as a trio, very good. Um, and I think we, we could start talking about the whole of the team and, and how well they've done. But given how well they defended as well at the back and, and what we what they did going forward in the second half up top, it turned into pretty much as complete a performance as you'd wish for. Mm, true, true. There was that one bit on the edge of the box where Garner, if it was Houston or anyone else, he'd have just hooked it. But he drops a shoulder and turns and he set up an attack. And I think that said to me that he was um, playing well. Uh, there was one contentious moment in the first half, which I didn't think was that contentious at the time, when Graben caught, I think it was Thompson for Derby. He was about four foot three. So I thought it looked a <laughs> oh, lot so worse he deserves than it, it. was. <laughs> I think my point is it looked worse than it was, I thought. I mean, he got booked. I didn't really think it was a yellow at the time because he was looking at the ball. But I suppose there's that element of intent where perhaps only he knows. Uh, Steve McLaren, Derby County Steve McLaren, for judging by what he said in, the, in your studio that. afterwards, he was adamant <laughs> Graven should have gone. Well, not adamant. He thought Graven should have gone. Former Forest manager, but definitely in the Derby camp. Uh, what did you make of it, Prox? Do you know, and I was, when I was chatting to Glenn Murray about it afterwards, and it, it, and we all watch a lot of football, and we all cover a lot of football, and watching the Premier League and, and how you've got to try and, especially when you're working on it, say if, you, if you're commentating on it, you've got to put yourselves in the position of hopefully being as neutral as possible, of course, but also understanding how it's changed now with VAR. You've, you've got to, it's in your, it's sadly, it's in your head because those, it's just the way it is. And the, the good thing is, if you're a Forest fan, as much as you're happy it's not here, Obviously, the best the best permutation of this season is that you end up sat there next season going, bloody VAR is killing us. You know what I mean? It's because you'll be in the Premier League. That's exactly what you want it to be. But if you look at... So I saw that challenge and it was one of those that happens and we all kind of went, Oof. And, um, and, and 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 this is me not trying to alienate a certain slice of who might be watching this, even more so if you're of the male kind of build if that that looks very uncomfortable the more you see it and you go no and then you look at how high lewis's boot was the 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 parameters of what a red card is serious foul play excessive force endangering the safety of an opponent 
it's three of those at least without wanting to get pedantic about the rules and uh, sorry the laws of the game um and it's one of those that again it, it's a bit of a moot point because you're discussing something that doesn't exist in the championship VAR if that's looked at again it looks horrendous <laughs> like anything you slow it down it looks the, the, the ball's there and I mean the big ball there's other things that you could class as that in the same vicinity the, the big ball's there but I mean if he did the same thing and he went follow through on a straight leg on his kneecap it's you know what I mean it's um, it's, it's it sounds and, and there is a there is a gross irony to this and again Glenn Murray mentioned it on on Saturday and for any Forest fan that's had the um, displeasure of seeing me play I mean that was part and parcel of what I did for, for quite a bit of the, my career like tackles such as that um, not intentionally trying to in, injure an opponent of course but looking a little bit clumsy and trying to get on the good side of the referee and saying look I'm trying my best here I'm just a bit slow and I can't get there as quick as I possibly can but I, I, I like without sounding boring and pedantic and, and law based I think there's enough in there for a player like that to see, to see a red card and that's not about the player as a person that's just what I've seen in real time and in, and in reflection I think that that could have been a red card, but such is the nature of what this football that we this level of football that we love. Things like that end up being a fine margin that uh, uh, lays on the side of Forest. Uh, two things: um, I banned the Derby fan in the Facebook comments who's just boring commenting on Cooper's looks. So don't bother doing stupid <laughs> stuff like that. That's not uh, what the discussion's about. No, no, I've got no time for that. If a Derby fan wants to comment constructively, that's fine, but I'm uh, <laughs> not interested in that. Um, Greg. Uh, have you seen a replay of it or did you just see it? Yeah, well, I've, I watched it back live on Saturday night so that I was a bit foggy. So I watched it, <laughs> watched it again yesterday. And I, I think if VAR was there and they looked back at it, because the decision had already been made, was it clear and obvious enough to overturn it and make it a red? I don't, I don't know. It's hard because I'm a Forest fan, so I'm biased, aren't I? But... I didn't think so. I thought, yeah, it could have been. And if it had given red straight away, then it, it wouldn't have been overturned. But I don't know. I thought it was more of a 50-50. Maybe a little bit. So, Greg, what, what you're saying there from a, from a forest point, and given, and again, we are now talking, we're now moving this into the hypothetical realm, which doesn't solve anything and it's gone, so it's fine. If it's... Um, I don't know, and I'm not saying. I mean, not not remotely saying Tom Lawrence is a place such as that. Now there is Lewis. If Tom Lawrence does that to Jack Colback in the middle of the pitch, that place goes absolutely bananas, doesn't agree. it? Yeah, the whole, agree. Yeah, you've got twenty five thousand people in red shirts. They go, oh, 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 that's oh. our job. Is it yeah. a different decision? You don't know. <laughs> Yeah, well, possibly. The ref, the ref should be strong enough then. I mean, don't well, VAR is a different discussion, but you watch Liverpool yesterday getting no, my never a penalty. Just, oh. Yeah, I know. So there's, there's no clear answer. Awful. There. Um, where to next? Let's go to the first goal then. Um, it wasn't a tap-in, was it? I think you said that on Sky briefly, perhaps you sort of half-called it a tap-in and then Glenn Murray <laughs> corrected you. That's um, <laughs> how much skill it took. It opens up the grabbing discussion a little bit, which we've had repeatedly, but he's proving to be a real difference maker, isn't he? Perhaps a winner against Millwall. He's got mm. a winner in this game and he's got a knack of scoring in, in big games. In fact, he's my one big worry about Forrest. I'm going to let you speak in a sec. But um, Keenan Davis has come in and done really well, but I don't think he's got 10 goals in him. And I think Lewis Graben has before the end of the season. Mm. So we're kind of right where we've always been, that Forrest need Graben to stay fit and firing, don't they? 
Yeah, and and the the volume of goals that he can score is is the counterpoint to what you're making there, Mark, about erring on the side of positivity. If he stays fit, if he stays um, in form, and maybe Keenan coming in, as we said before, I think we we discussed only about what impact could he have when a player comes in. It's obviously what that player can do, but also how he affects the rest of the team. If it gives everyone a collective kick up the backside up front, brilliant. Suddenly you get Lewis in that position. It was a really good finish. The first touch was fantastic, and then having the cool calm head to be able to slot it away at the chat. I mean, it was brilliant because there was a great shot that we'd seen. So as he'd taken a touch, that just the end of the, of, of the city ground all stands up as one. And it, it's an amazing thing to think that a goal scorer such as that has has that coolness and the calmness in his in his veins to be able to, to kind of know that that's the touch and I've got, this is my opportunity. This is could be the only opportunity that we get in the game and slots it away fantastically well and almost kind of forget what's behind um, the goal. But then obviously the eruption of colour and noise after that was phenomenal, really. So, um, yeah, he's, he's been a player, I think, that Steve's manoeuvred formationally and personnel-wise around him, which has got the best out of him. And, and so it should, I'm not saying you build a team around Lewis, but I think if you've got a player of that stature that reputation, that experience that we all know can score goals at this level, why wouldn't you facilitate the squad to get the best out of him? And I think he's done that. What do you make of Davis in the ground, Greg? Is he He's, he's doing well, but is he doing well when you're there in person? Would we have scored that first goal without his touch? It was like a critical touch. Yeah, he's in the right place at the right time. He's not scoring yet, but he's doing the right thing. So I think he's, he's an improvement on what we had previously. And he's definitely doing some some big things for us, like that first goal, really. So it'll come. Yeah, he's not. He's. I agree. He's probably not going to score ten goals, but they are going to come definitely. Mm-hmm. And the next thing on my notes is the second goal. But we should really go in between that and talk about McKenna's block. Um, uh, that was at one 0 wasn't it? That would have made it one one. Uh, he was brilliant again. I thought Prots and Cook was as well until mm. the faux pas at the end. But without Worrell. Um, you know, those two stepped up, didn't they? Yeah, they did. It was it was a shame when, when we'd seen the, the team uh, sheets and Joe wasn't um, involved, purely because you, we know we all know, listening to him and seeing him play, it's that's the type of game that he absolutely loves, doesn't he? He, he loves, he loves the um, build-up to it. He loves the way that the game pans out. He loves everything in and around it, the the bit of, um, bit of chat in and around um, the games. And he would have been a great, a huge part of that Forest back line. But as you say, that kind of change, obviously with regards to his injury, meant that you had to change slightly. But, I mean, McKenna and Cook, great experience to have. Uh, it was a last-ditch block, which um, I think, as obviously the game pans out, you, you do, it is a bit of a hindsight opinion on it, but it is a, such a pivotal moment in the game. Especially when, I think, was it, was it Burn at the back post who... Yeah, it spun um, away, didn't it? It spun away and it got away from him. But there was a split second where that pass was onto him as well. So for him to think at that moment, McKenna, that he's just got to throw something in front of it. Phenomenal piece of defending, um, which over the course of the piece, obviously the, the, we, we talked about the chance in the first half, that opportunity there, and we'll come on to the penalty, of course. Um, those chances that they had to really properly defend were few and far between, weren't they, for Derby? Mm. I kind of feel like Warhol... He's brilliant, but you can kind of cope without a centre-half in the way Cooper plays because they can change system or they can kind of draft people in. So how much of a miss is he, do you think, Greg? He, yeah, he is. We 
We don't want to see him go, that's for sure, because you know the window's still open and there's going to be clubs circling, aren't they? But we proved on Saturday that we can do it without him. Yates is so like he, he can go anywhere, and if it doesn't work, we just have two central defenders. Uh, the issue would be is Warrell goes and then McKenna or Cook gets injured for a long period, then we're struggling. So, you know, Warrell's one of our best players. He, he puts in some of the biggest performances. So he's always going to be missed when he's not in that team. But we can cope as proven on Saturday when he's not in it. Yeah, I kind of hope this injury has a backhanded yeah. boost in that it doesn't it puts clubs off now spotlight. <laughs> yeah yeah he's out for five more weeks and that's the mm. back end of February and then you've yeah, got it's, it's, the season it's, it's a rib injury isn't it that he's got mm. yeah yeah three, three ribs, ribs or something yeah yeah so yeah hopefully he doesn't go now because of that but um, which kind of leads us on unfortunately into one player we or who might go and we certainly hope doesn't in Brennan Johnson is uh, he got to the stage now perhaps where you kind of you just have to turn any offer down because he's got he's he's that match winner that you have to think no one's priceless but if you're going to get promoted mm. probably you do very well to get promoted without Brennan Johnson in the team wouldn't you know yeah but I just think um, poss the majority of the teams possibly come away from ones that have bobbed in and around the Premier League for the last two or three seasons if if someone comes in and offers. Eighteen million pounds, twenty million pounds for Brennan. That is, that's a lot of money. That is a mm. hell of a lot of money. And whether Forest are in the position, given where the, the fact that they've been in the Championship for such a long time, uh, given a business that's had to work through towards the end, hopefully of a pandemic, it's a lot of money to turn down. Especially if it, if it's if it's structured. It depends how it's structured as well. And this is me plucking figures out of the air only from what I've read with the, the same types of stuff that you two chaps have read as well, probably. Um, if, if a club comes in and says, we'll give you £18 million now, that, I mean, that's a phenomenal amount of money, isn't it? Not not even if it's structured like nine now, nine at the end of the season, nine the following season, however, uh, that's that's way more than £18 million. It's amazing if they start giving him like, <laughs> yeah, 30 million quid for a £19 million play. But um, that, that's that's a, that's a, that, the minutiae of that is is for the people who, who count the beans, etc. But, um, I just it's blossomed into such, and again, you, sometimes it's hard when you're talking about Brenham having knowing his dad like I do and playing with his dad and knowing the type of personality that his dad is, um, and, and how Brennan. He just he, he seems like a really good kid. He looks like he works very very hard because he does work very very hard. There, there was there was one moment in the second half where, okay, so. It was was it Max Lowe that was, no 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 we we'll, we'll might talking about was playing fullback for Eberselli no it was I mean Eberselli's quick as well and, and there was a couple of times when we'd seen him burst forward but second half I've, I've lost my bones there where he was playing in in the foot Buchanan are you saying Buchanan Buchanan there you go he got booked hmm. and it was one of those where you're thinking just keep running the ball now keep giving him the football to keep going at him and at him and at him and, and he um he he's, he's got. He's got energy. He's got a real fitness level, and he's really robust for for someone who was who was relatively slight again compared to his old man. Um, he, um, he he just keeps going, and and the, the goal that he scored, started by him, finished by him, um, was a real scored at that end. Was was a real I thought if you are a Nottingham Forest fan, a real magical moment, a real magical moment that you could completely lose yourself in. And then you kind of come out of it afterwards and you get talking possibly down the boozer with your mates and you think, 
it's fantastic one. And then you're looking at the date going, a few days left of January, though, aren't they? <laughs> couldn't, couldn't you have done that in like February or something <laughs> like then? So it's, it, I mean, it's to talk about him now as a, as a, as a Nottingham Forest player, I, if, if you're a fan, I presume it's is just the most wonderful thing with the caveat that you hope that by the end of the season he's still there and, and he's managed to fire Forest to where they want to be. And then after that, the future's a little bit more up in the air. But Greg, I mean, just you, you must be able to wax lyrical about that because it was. It was just a, a phenomenal moment, wasn't it? After like the twentieth time of him slapping the badge, I thought he's definitely staying. Um, <laughs> it was, it was when like he lost all emotion when he ran towards where the skybox was, and his face just changed. And you thought that's a Nottingham lad, and you mm. you heard him speak after the game with his strong Nottingham accent, and you think, you know, if there's one player, well, Warrell similar to spare. If there's a player there that we have to say, yeah, 18 million, that's like, it is club saving, isn't it? For, a, you know, mm. your financial fair play. But what if it's 30 million in July? You know, like we've got this such a young talent that we've been spent years nurturing him. And for the first three months, he's done well. We're suddenly going to sell him. Like, we're not, I don't think we're going to do that. I've like got so much trust in Dave Murphy and the rest of them that they're just going to batter everyone off say he's ours this season let's see if he can get us to the Premier League because it's our biggest chance in years it might not be the same next season and you know what's 20 million if it never gets us anywhere I think you've Mm. got to keep hold of him like he's the player under any circumstance any offer just batter him off and say come and speak to us in the summer see where we are because he's just getting better that ball I mean he set up his own goal didn't he that (laughs) ball he played from our own half was just beautiful and then obviously grabbing screaming for it and you see him just coming up behind and Zink's pass in was just perfect and I've watched that goal more than any goal this season (laughs) and it's just yeah we we keep that lad we have to or even better sign him to a contract and (laughs) that's the problem isn't it yeah and the point that Greg's making I think it's not just where Forest find themselves in recent history, position-wise, to try and get back in the Premier League. I think you look at, I'm just looking at the table now, you look at Fulham, Bournemouth wobbling, Blackburn, an unknown quantity of, of, of being up there, QPR, West Brom, Huddersfield, Borough and Forest, Stoke behind them, Coventry and Sheffield is behind them. We've, we've all seen those teams, haven't we? We've all seen them in action, we've all seen Forest against them. It's a, is it a cliche? Because... We it's a very competitive league for as long as I can remember probably take away Fulham in that when Fulham play at their absolute best I think all those other positions are up for grabs I genuinely think that so as Greg's saying it's not just about where Forest find themselves as a club and as a team with this with this manager in charge it's where they find themselves jockeying for position it is so it feels to me it's so wide open that you want them from a forest persuasion to think that if you keep hold of Brendan, it could, because as you say, if, if you, if you bat away 18 to 20 million quid now, and that turns itself into almost 200 million pounds, if you go up into the Premier League, that suddenly it's a different, it's a different landscape altogether. I know again, it's slightly hypothetical and it's putting the cart before the horse with regards to how the rest of the season pans out. That's, I, I, I suppose, Greg, from, from your point of view, that's the kind of, nerve you want the people in charge to hold isn't it to back themselves yeah. to say to a Brennan Johnson give us 
four more months. Give us five more months of your absolute best. Let's see where we are then, because he's still such a young man, isn't he? Still such mm. a young man. And he said about that fine opening start to the season and, and given where he's been and, and what how he's learned his trade in other places. Um, but it reflects the immediacy of football. You only need one good month, two good months, and suddenly a player goes from being five million to whatever it is, and people are queuing up. That's, I suppose that's where they're coming from, isn't it, Greg? They've, they've got to hold the nerve. Yeah, and as much as I, I, Brentford annoy me, they were the first ones <laughs> on the radar. You know, they're, they're the ones doing more checks than any other club, aren't they? And where mm. they're the ones floating about you play, you think uh, they're only wanting to buy in because of his potential further on. You know, and, and it's there. And I do believe now more than ever, like our backroom football inside, you know, like the CEO, and they really, they've made some good signings already. We haven't sold Johnson and all the noises coming out, you know, it's going to take something astronomical. We're certainly not putting any of our players in the shop window. So I, I do, I genuinely think, and God, I hope I'm right, that I think he'll be with us in February. I really do. Hopefully, hopefully so. They've added um, Andy Scott as head of scouting as well this week, who was Brentford's old head of recruitment, and he was worked with Cooper at Swansea. And he was the one, as far as I've read, um, was behind the signings of Ollie Watkins and Neil Mope at, at Brentford. So that's more encouragement, certainly for Forest, to make you feel like they're going in the right direction uh, for sure. Um, let's move on to uh, Derby's goal, I guess. Uh, is anyone going to tell me it wasn't a penalty? <laughs> No, good, because it was a penalty. <laughs> mm. um, was Samba lucky to stay on, do you think? A lot of uh, Derby fans are saying, you know, oh, Graben should have gone. I thought if anyone was lucky to stay on, it was probably Samba. He walked right up to the line of... Um, I don't, can we, well, we'll say shithousery. He walked right up to the line of shithousery um, and probably crossed it uh, a couple of times. What do you think, Prutz? Uh, Glenn Murray said he let himself down. I thought that was maybe a bit harsh. What did you? What was your take on it? It, it just seems, and again, there's another bit we'll come on to after this with Ravel Morrison getting sent off mm. 45 yards from his goal and the next minute, Brees is in his face. Like, And, and it is that word that you've just used and, and, and there, I mean, there is no other way of, of describing that. And we all know what it means. It just seems to get himself concerned with stuff that's got absolutely nothing to do with him. That one happens after, the, after a goal goes in um, where... Penalty scored, rest blowing the whistle, you know what I mean? The game stopped anyway. So, regardless of whether Brees holds on to the ball for five minutes, that's going to get added on at some, at some stage in the game. It's not, it's not going to stop the game. I mean, it's not going to, right, he had it for five minutes, let's blow the whistle. It, it's just, it's such, it's such a silly, silly thing to get involved in. And there was a couple of bits because, again, and, and again, apologies for sounding soft and hypothetical and, and, and law pedantically law-based, the minute his arms start coming up, football, yes, it's a contact sport. No one ever starts having a dust-up. If the referee turned around and said, go on then, everyone goes, well, I'm not going to hit anybody because that's soft footballers. We're not going to start on it. It's not rugby union. We're not going to start on rugby league. We're not going to start knocking seven bells out of each other. But the the, the referee kind of was in a great vicinity. And to be fair, I thought he, he dealt with that pretty well because he could have, overreacted. He could have been very dramatic about it, the ref, and gone, right, red card for you for getting your arms up and red card for you for reacting on that. But just kind of stood there and watched it all kind of unfold and then can we all calm down? Like, you're not making my job any easier. Yellow card for you, that's ridiculous. Yellow card for you, which I thought, I actually thought, without trying to um, 
Again, trying to sound neutral, I thought Tom Lawrence getting a yellow card for getting shoved into the net was a bit, was a bit harsh. But um, yeah, it, it just on a different day that might have led to galvanising Derby into getting a last minute equaliser. Whether that would have been strictly the fault of the goalkeeper for acting a certain way is a bit of a, a bit of a jump. But I just think, and again, as we go on to other bits, um, he just gets himself involved in things that don't really concern him. But then goalkeepers are goalkeepers, aren't they? What do you make of it, Greg? It's funny, but it's funny until he gets a red card. <laughs> what do you think? This time it worked perfectly. Mm. So what I will say is against Bristol City, we score, score the penalty, get the ball straight away. By the time they've even organised themselves, we've kicked off, we've got it down the other end and they've scored. And I think Samba's clearly worried about that straight away. They've got the goal. And I'm a mate. I am. I really thought, oh God, he's going to go now. But he didn't, and he did break up that momentum they'd suddenly got. For the, and they didn't kick off again until like the 89th minute, and we controlled the last six minutes. So you look back and you go, brilliant, he did. <laughs> Somehow he got it right then. But like you say, <laughs> how he didn't get a second yellow when he's walking around smiling with his hands behind his back on the halfway <laughs> line. <laughs> and you laugh about it, and I absolutely love it. But there is going to be a time when you go, oh, God, Sandra, and I just hope it's not in a playoff final. But if he hasn't got that attitude with him, I don't think he's half the player he is. And it's yeah, so hard, yeah. the balancing act, because, you know, he's my favourite goalkeeper since Mark Crosley, without a shadow of a doubt now. He's just <laughs> such a brilliant character. And he was very lucky on Saturday, but he also played well. You know, he did break up that penalty and I, would, I was glad to see him in the net after and just thinking, right, you know, but yeah, it was... Played on as well, Greg. I mean, we, we were watching it at half-time as he went jogging off and we, we, well, I think Andy Hinch oh, had mentioned God, it in yeah. commentary and then you, you can, I thought, what's he talking about? And then he turned round and thought, Jesus Christ, I mean, he's in his own ear. Which, do you yes. think... I mean, oh, <laughs> Did he drain the fluid then at half time? Well, it must like... have strapped his head that tight that it that it pushed it. I mean, we're making like that. My when I saw that, and again, when when you look at what protocols are for head injuries, you get sometimes sometimes the worst head injuries that occur are ones where someone looks relatively fine, but something inside mm. is is really quite seriously wrong. With that, when you see it, I, he jogged off, and I thought. There's absolutely no way you can come back on again. You can't mm. come running back on with an egg on your head, given what we've seen with regards to player welfare and the um, how there's a, there should always be a focus on it, of course. But anything head related, especially because I think it was his the, the knee was it Lawrence's knee that it, it fairly well, innocuous yeah. game started out, yeah. yeah. pushed him right, right right in the face. So the fact that he came joke because we saw Horvath, I say warming up, he was meandering through a bit of a. Session at half time without his gloves on, thinking he's probably not coming out if he hasn't got his gloves on right now. Um, but then he comes jogging out, and like you said, antics and 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 the fact that he's a bit of a character, he, he does strike me as quite an eccentric part of the Forest squad. Which, um, I, like you say, on days like that, if as a Forest fan, I'm sure you're there clapping your hands, going, yes, he's done it <laughs> properly. If, if, he do, if he does it and things turn out again, hypothetically, it's like different, it's a bit odd, but. Going on to the Ravel Morrison red card, which I mean, it was stupid and reckless enough to look bad enough for the referee to give a red. I thought, which is um, again, without going into what it would look like if it slowed down, etc. The minute you can fly past someone with your studs at about knee height, you're asking for trouble. But again, 
Breeze coming all the way over to do his best Liam Gallagher impression right in the face of Ravel Morrison, who he wasn't happy, was he? There was a few of them that weren't happy at all with that. But again, history tells us that it panned out in Forest's favour. So Forest fans are happy about it. And Derby will be um, more than miff that uh, that was allowed to be gone away with. Yeah, Morrison had a bit of a stink all around, actually, to be fair. He just had a bit of a nightmare the moment he came on the pitch. Uh, what about the scenes at the end as well? I mean, Sibley had a sly kick at Colback on the ground uh, as well. I don't know when that was, but it got a bit lively at the end. Uh, I quite enjoyed that. I don't know. Well, you must have loved it, Greg. Colback, yeah. Do you know, after he did that kick, and it was a blatant kick as well, right in his yeah. back, could have done another rib. But... Um... <laughs> Colback's face, like laughing about it, but really getting into his head. I loved that. Um, going back to what's his name, Ravel, uh, coming out after the final whistle, once you've been sent off, you've got to get down that tunnel, haven't you? So, go. if thing, mm. there's going to be things looked at, we know there are, but that's got to be. Um, but yeah, I mean, things that Sibley do, you knew that's in the you know the last six minutes or whatever, keep doing it, it's, it's your time. Their player to get sent off in the position they were in, they threw it away themselves. They could have got something at the end of that game. Mm. And thankfully, they couldn't keep their heads when we did. Mm-hmm. And then as people commenting on Cafu with the Stone Cold Steve Austin breaking glass coming out and Didn't... taking out Sibley. It was, funny. It was quite Didn't funny at it. the end. Didn't nothing happen. <laughs> yeah, what are you talking about? I, 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 love, I love, love the ones that, 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 that come in... Um, ostensibly to calm things down and just look like they're making things worse. Like, why are you sprinting? But you make such a good point, Greg. I mean, having known what it feels like to be given a red card and told to get off the pitch, you you have literally got to get off the pitch. You've got to get into the dressing room. So whether, had he gone all the way down and come legging it back he had out? Gone down, he had gone down the tunnel, yeah, but he was. I had heard he was waiting at the, the mouth of the tunnel. So, yeah. Right. Well, then there'll be... There'll be sanctions for that because that's the last thing Derby need isn't it someone saying oh by the way mm. for not being able to control your players here's X amount of money as a, as a fine because it's just a terrible position that they find themselves in but it's um, yeah it, it did get I mean it gets a little it got a little bit silly didn't it towards the end but I suppose it, 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 again it's it's an outpouring of emotion from both sets of players and fans and the fact that it happened down in that corner of the main stand and the, and the trend end just fueled the fire that I'm sure Forest fans, as you were saying, Greg, feeling slightly um delicate on a Monday morning. I'm sure I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure Tam was absolutely ablaze with in the in the best possible way yeah. <laughs> with Forest fans loving every single minute of it. Mm. Mm. I've never um I've never stood in that stadium for so long after a normal game, not an end of season game. And you know, you looked at the Trent and we're lower Bridgeford right next to the away fans and there was not a single person in the aisle waiting to get out, you know, and the genius who put that Depeche Mode song on about three times in a row and the place <laughs> was bouncing and going back to the conversation at the start, that's why in a few years time, we might get them in the cup if they make it through round one or something. And <laughs> I want to play, I wow. want to play them games again. <laughs> wow. Had you written that down? That's a good thing. That is. <laughs> No, he's, he's got such not. a lovely smiley face, but under that <laughs> lovely veneer, beats the heart of somebody really horrible. <laughs> it had gone a bit. Do you think this picture had gone a bit stale though for a couple of years? Obviously, no fans doesn't it kills it in a sense, but it really reignited it, oh. didn't it? I think. Can I just say as well? Um, 
in the studio. Oh God, I forgot his name. <laughs> Played for us, not the Glenn Murray. Glenn Murray. Glenn Murray. His tweet after the game. It was such a lovely tweet saying like. I loved playing for this club, but never got to play in front of the fans and yeah. seeing them seeing them today like really made me feel how much I'd have loved it. And it, it does make you think how miserable those last two years were like imagine that game on Saturday if we'd have been sat at home watching it and oh, you've got to you've got to appreciate like what a good occasion it is when when big games like that do happen at the city ground, it, it was it, it said that Glenn because and, and he's a very honest fellow, and he said even by his own admission, he he what he would have wanted to do infinitely better at Forest, and he he just said that playing games because having spent time with lads that have just recently come out of the game or, or been part of playing behind closed doors, because I at the start of it and halfway through, I was getting asked about it all the time, and you are kind of going well. Well, I don't know what it would feel like. You, you, I remember younger playing resi games at the city ground, but you still get decent crap in that would be there. Well, when it used to be the old school reserve team games. Um, but he said, he said, even in games such as that, it gets to seventy minutes, and it's almost it felt all the kind of energy come out. And we, it, and obviously, we we were covering games, and it was it was quite obviously the only way. Well, one of the only ways you could watch it, other than kind of on on the official. Um, websites of, the, of each and every football club, but it's, he said it, it got to seventy minutes in a lot of games where it was almost like you could get you could kind of look round and say, "Should we shake hands and declare it?" This, I mean, no one's going to yeah. go for it. We saw that that Forest derby game where they scored right at, at the death, and you and you saw them wheeling away and celebrating, but to absolutely nobody. And it just again just reinforces what we what we've all known. And, and, and as Greg's saying, Matt, I, I think you see what those scenes are like. And maybe that's why subconsciously, without getting too deep and meaningful about it, and it is obviously against your bitterest rivals, that you are stood there going, I'm standing here until I really, really get told I've got to get out of the stadium now. Yeah, I'm drinking was. every single bit in this. And, and I, I, I presume even in that instance where um, it, it's, a, it's a changing scene now, which steward in the football clubs, isn't it? There's, there's, there's probably about a handful of people that are in and around the tunnel that were there back in 1998 when I joined as a trainee. That they're all, I mean, we're all a little older, we're all a little wrinklier, but we all say hello to each other, and it's something that you share with people. But I presume even stewards are allowing fans to kind of look around going, I mean, as much as this is my job on a Saturday afternoon, this is brilliant. Look at this, look at the noise, look at the colour. And yeah. everyone's kind of enjoying that together, aren't they, before they go, look, really, you need to sling your rock. It's, it's three o'clock now. <laughs> You've got to start <laughs> moving on. And that's the collective, I think, that we everybody just missed from football not being in front of, uh, of fans. Um, let's less than 10 minutes or so left move on a little bit I perhaps mentioned the Leeds game there kind of an infamous game it's become because of what happened next a great occasion then against Charlton it all went to hell Forest have got another fixture tomorrow which has all going to hell written all over it again if they aren't careful <laughs> against against Barnsley going back to WhatsApp again last night Greg you said Cooper won't let them slip up what, how do you think about this game, Prots? Barnsley having an awful season, but it's it's the stereotypical banana skin, isn't it? It is, yeah. As you say, given where they are, Barnsley, and the... I mean, they're in a perilous position, of course, aren't they? When you've got a team that's been docked that many points, that's that's kind of managing to force them down in the division, then you know you're onto a, a really tough one. It should, with, with, which is a very ambiguous word when it comes to football teams and, and performances after such a good result and performance at the weekend. 
it should be a game that they professionally and um, straightforwardly put to the put to put to bed. But Barnsley obviously fighting for championship survival at the very very least. Um, will we'll make it tough for them. I think having seen Barnsley and what they've been about and doing so well last season under Valerian, changing managers obviously this season and what they are and how they are recruiting. It's a, it's it's quite a, it's it's a younger team than it has been in recent seasons with real, with a real kind of standout performers moving on. It should be a game where Forest have to be able to be at the best uh, and motivate themselves as much as they did going into the Saturday game because you're absolutely right, Matt. That that sense of giving with one hand, giving a lot with one hand and taking some away in just a couple of days' time following that is, is something that they've got to be very, very wary of. And Steve does strike you. And, and again, we, we talk about Steve in such glowing terms and, and almost saying that he's doing things that other managers aren't. It's, that's not necessarily the case, but I'm sure he'll be on his mettle to know that the players need to do absolutely everything again and then the weekend and then the game after that because you can't, can't take any game lightly, can you? Barnsley have got their motivation to come away from the city round with all three points and they'll be doing their utmost to get it. Are you making any changes, Greg, if you're Cooper? Are you resting grabbing? I, you'd imagine there'll be a couple of enforced changes, wouldn't you? I mean, we took a bit of a battering on Saturday. Someone said Samba's going to have too many yellow cards. I don't know whether that's the case, is it? I just saw it before uh, we came I on. The, I think it's, it, it, well, I it's been that. spoken I think about, it's passed, it? hasn't it? Yeah. Right, well, I might okay. be wrong, but... Um, uh, no, it was only one comment, but yeah. yeah, I think there will be some changes, but I think history tells us it's a massive game that we often let slip after the huge game, you know, whether it's a big Premier team's just played at the city ground or whether it's the big derby, like we always seem to have that lull on a Tuesday, but by all accounts, it's almost sold out already. So the fans are certainly ready for it. And uh, Cooper's just, he's too clever. He's not going to let these players, you know, sit down on it. And when you've got Spence, you've got Max Lowe back, which is huge. And, you know, hopefully all the others firing again. We should win comfortably, but we shouldn't be expecting to. We've really got to give it a good go. Uh, the, there's another big game on Saturday as well, isn't there, at Cardiff? That's never an easy game, but does it feel like a big opportunity this week, Prots? It does. It does really does to put marker down to say that we yes we can beat a team, and if and if you, I suppose if you take it in the sense of where these clubs are, take away the if you can take away the fact that Forest Derby is a huge derby in the East Midlands, it's a team that was in the bottom three. So they play them, they play Barnsley, they play Cardiff. Teams that if you've got aspirations, let's put it in the cold light of day of getting into the top six at least, they've got to put these games to bed. Um, there'll be whether there's any dynamic in the fact that you've got an ex-Swansea manager coming up against Cardiff City, a team that he enjoyed um, success over, that, that might be a little bit of that. But he, he seems, he's obviously professional and, and impartial enough to know that it's about his forest side, regardless of where he's from geographically or what he's done in his career to date as a manager, Steve. But there is, I think you're right to, to describe it as a real chance because you don't want this wonderful feeling that Greg's got and, every Forest fan off the back of a, not just the context of that game on Saturday, but the three points that it gives you, almost kind of diluted, I hesitate to use the word waste, but diluted by kind of underwhelming results against these next two. They could go three unbeaten, but then end up with five points from those three games. If they go three unbeaten and they win all three, that's 
that's pretty decent territory you're going to find yourselves in because then again you're back in the in the real mix for the top six. Mm. Greg's gone. He might come back. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> He's disappeared. Uh, He's hiding. We'll, we'll give him one more minute uh, and come back. Well, if this was a drinking game, this podcast, then you might be getting pissed every now and then because uh, Luke says, David, why are you so anti-forest? Don't answer that. It just makes me laugh when I see it. <laughs> I'm going to add Greg back in. Uh, correctly point to me that the game against Cardiff is on Sunday, not Saturday. Sorry, Greg's back. Um, Greg, I'm glad you came back because I'm going to ask my usual question. The Promotion Express is steaming on. Are you uh, ultra-optimistic or are you getting a little bit nervous as we get towards almost the home straight now? I'm liking the fact that you know, West Brom are being real, they're being dragged down because they're always the ones that worry me. Um, I'm optimistic at top six. <laughs> but then what are we, nine points off top two? Yes, that's you it. Know, you got... <laughs> I love it. I knew he'd say the, something mental. The, there is there's still that chance, though. I always go back to Palace being in the bottom three when they got at Christmas when they got promoted. We've got to be that form team and... We win on Tuesday, we get a result on Sunday. We're definitely that form team that everyone else is looking at and we keep going. We keep Johnson. <laughs> Anything's possible. Well, I do have my pound on Forrest to win the league at 325 to 1 from the start of January. Is that what it is, is it? Did it, you well, do that at the very start? start? Of January, I think. No, no, no. I did it recently. I had a pound on uh, promotion at 20 to 1. Uh, don't gamble, kids. Um, and a fiver on you tell, you're telling us your daughter giving you all the tips only one bookie in the Davies household well <laughs> yeah I mean, I'm going to make it sound like I'm a gambling addict but I do have a pound a week and um, Man City <laughs> stopped me winning 315 quid and I told my daughter and she got very excited she spent the you money have, you have a, a pound a week on spread betting in China but other than that <laughs> fine. I had a pound a week no I can't that was going to be libelous if I said I had a pound a week and an Arsenal player to get books but that's <laughs> <laughs> Let's go nowhere that. No, I know. Let's stay away. I'll retract that. But my daughter, did, uh, who knows nothing about gambling and never will, told me to check out, uh, cash out 140 quid when Man City were drawing and I didn't. So there you go. Uh, anyone have anything to add apart from I'm a terrible parent? Props? <laughs> That that's I was gonna I, I was gonna say that goes without saying that that was that was gonna be really really mean, wasn't it? <laughs> no, uh, no I, I, I just think it's been it's been a. It's been a cracking weekend, hasn't it? Um, and just being there once again and being able to see the ground and, and feel what it's like. And again, when we are talking, we're quite obviously very aware that this is very heavily forest-based and we were chatting about it pre-kickoff and a little bit at the top of here about the situation that Derby find themselves in. But if you're looking at it purely from a Nottingham Forest point of view, which is quite right on this platform, then wonderful weekend for them. A, a, a day that will live long in the memory and I think um, again just just goes to show the reinvigoration I saw Gary Bertels buzzing in and around pitch side chatting to Steve before the game I know that Steve's lent on a lot of the legends that are there to um, to see what um, he was at training on Thursday Gary was at tra- training on Thursday he's like was he joining it? Around there, no? uh, he's probably trying to sell dodgy Ted Baker shirts I think <laughs> you can see him on Mark that's why that's the only reason why I saw him I thought more like oh it's Gary Bertels <laughs> <laughs> but as we know and love him don't we guys he's, he's a wonderful wonderful fellow part obviously of the greatest period in this club's history so it was it's just it, there was just a great feeling about the place and I'm, and I'm and it's something that is is being thoroughly enjoyed over the course of the weekend and into this monday morning greg 
Yes, Craig, you can have the last word if you want. Um, well, uh, yeah, if you don't mind, I just want to say um, wishing my mate Chris Eskis well. It was his last game for a while on Saturday because he's starting his chemotherapy. And uh, what a game to to have his little break on. So we had a few beers after the game and uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, well, I don't know, Chris, but I wish him well. I uh, hope he comes out the other side in good form. Um, right, I think we'll leave it there. That was a lot of fun um, until the last bit there, Greg. But, but we wish Chris well. Well, hopefully it gives him the energy and purpose and the and the motivation to, to know that as and when he's climbed over that particular mountain, there'll be stuff like that waiting for him to come back and do exactly Oh, he certainly again. will, so we yeah. wish him all the, way, all the best, of course. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Um, thanks to everyone who watched long as ever and dropped loads and loads of comments in. We'll be back. Uh, it's a deadline day next Monday, isn't it? We'll be back next Tuesday at the latest, but maybe um, back with uh, one other episode this week, depending on if I can get hold of someone. Uh, Prots, thank you very much. Pleasure to see you both. And it's, uh, it's, it's it must be unsettling for you two because... These chats have just gone like that. They're getting steadily more positive. (laughs) Times when we chat and it'd be a bit, hmm, now it's (laughs) always been that way. So fingers crossed, guys, fingers crossed. Yes, exactly, exactly. Greg, thank you very much. Cheers, thanks again. And we'll see everyone soon. Thank you for listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. Thanks for listening.